Thank you, and again, we appreciate everyone being here today. Please take out your Bibles, or you hopefully can look on the screen some as well. Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 13. We're going to be looking at the subject today from the text of Scripture, what is the Christian's relationship to government? What is the Christian's relationship to government? God's Word is inerrant and infallible. That means that uh, God uh, used men uh, to pen it, but it was breathed by the Holy Spirit. We're thankful for His Word. The book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a Roman citizen. Let me say something just just quickly about uh, the Roman Empire. It was a pagan empire. They were ruthless at times. Ungodly, we'll say, most of the time. But in that context, there are valuable lessons that that God is teaching us. The relationship of the Christian, the believer in Jesus Christ, to government. Let's begin with Romans chapter 13 and verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject not because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Now I can say something humorously here. Uh, there are certain verses in Scripture we like more than others, aren't there? There are. That's that's just human nature. Uh, This last one I read uh, says something that applies to all of us, as the rest of the text does as well. For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Again, may God bless His inerrant and infallible Word. Let every soul, and, 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 and the, the word soul here means every person, and each of us are a living soul. A, a living soul that will spend eternity in one of two places. If we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to be with Him for all eternity. If uh, we do not have that re- relationship, we're going to be forever separated from the loving God in a place of destruction and damnation called hell. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. That, that's a powerful verse. There, there's so much to unpack just in this one verse. For it calls us to be in submission to government. As believers in Jesus Christ, 
And we've already talked about authority structures and mentioned even in the introduction earlier in honoring the public servants, God has established certain institutions, remember, such as the family, the church, and government. And as God has established government, God is calling us to recognize that, and God is calling us to put ourselves in submission to the governing authorities. Now you might say, Pastor, that raises a whole, whole lot of issues. And it does. And we're not going to be able to address every every side kind of issue this morning. But let, but let, me, uh, let me address one at the offset at the beginning. And it is this. Is there ever a time for a believer in Jesus Christ to resist governmental authority? And the answer to that, according to Scripture, is yes. Now let me say, that's going to be the exception to the rule. But it always seems, invariably, as I look at the examples in Scripture, by and large, it is coming down to to two main categories, in essence. One is the protection of life. And and that that, that took place, uh, interestingly enough, uh, in the Old Testament, even with the birth of Moses. For in Exodus 1.17, the Scripture indicated, But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. Remember, the male children were, were to be killed. And, and that same statement is reinforced, uh, talking about what happened with Moses and everything. In Hebrews chapter 11, if we had time to go there, you would see it being reinforced. It was reinforced in a sense in the life of Esther. Because Esther put her life on the line for the safety and protection of God's people. For in Esther chapter 4, after a time of fasting, in verse 16, she declared, Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. In the book of Daniel, we know that King Nebuchadnezzar wanted, of course, the image to be worshipped. Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship the king. So again, there are really two categories. Uh, Again, the saving of life, it appears, and the other category is the worship of God. The worship of God. And and we know in in Daniel, even in Daniel chapter 6, again, Daniel was praying to the true God and... Uh, and that got him in so much trouble, of course, for, for doing what was right, that uh, he was cast into the lion's den. And just like God delivered Shadrach and, and Meshach and Abednego, again from the fiery furnace, God delivered Daniel from the, the jaws of those lions. God was the deliverer. And God was honored and God was glorified through this. We know... Uh, Soon after Jesus' earthly birth, Matthew chapter 2, because of Herod's edict to kill all the male children, two and under, in the Bethlehem region, that Mary and Joseph escaped and went with young Jesus to Egypt and remained there until Herod died. We know also in Acts chapter 5, when there was a great move of God, and the apostles and disciples were drugged before the council for preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. 
Acts chapter 5 and verse 29 declares, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So, so we know there are limited examples, such as the saving of life, of course, and the worship of God. I'm thankful that we live in a nation today that where there are many issues and many things we're going to disagree with, Many things, if we had our say, they would be done in a whole entirely different way. We still had the freedom to walk into this place today and worship, didn't we? Are you thankful for that? I'm thankful for that. Because there are some countries in the world today where they do not have the freedom to walk into a place of worship like we walked in here today. There are believers today across the world that are meeting in secret. There are believers today that are literally putting their lives on the line for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Knowing if they are detected again for being part of a Bible study or being part of a worship service, they can literally give their own life, and it could be their family's life as well, for worshiping our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's happening every single day around the world. I'm thankful to be part of the United States where we still have that freedom. I'm thankful that God has given us ruling authorities in the United States. There are laws, again, that God expects us to abide by. And the Scripture is very clear here. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. That means to obey, just like a soldier is called to obey a lawful order. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Let me remind you, God is a sovereign God. There's none beside Him. And you might say, Pastor, what does that mean? There's no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Under the sovereign rule of God, and let's, let me remind you, this is still His universe. This is still His world. Yes, the, the, the devil is running, seeking whom he may, may devour. But remember this, the devil and the adversaries there were defeated on Calvary some 2,000 years ago by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Again, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. The devil and his minions are defeated foes. But there's still evil in the world today, isn't there? We know there's evil in the world. We see it around us all the time. But the good news is this. God's Word promises this. There will be a day when there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth. There will be a day when our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ will return. And I strongly believe that. And to be honestly, I, I, would, I would assume uh, he, would, he would return even before that hurricane might come in. Amen? I know there's a lot we want to accomplish in our lives and a lot of things we look forward to doing. But there will be a day when God will rule and reign just as He's ruling and reigning now. And those of us that are Lord and Savior, we're going to be there with Him. Those of us who have that relationship with Him. And that's something to get excited about. But while God has us Christians here on this earth, God has the expectation that we are to be salt and we're to be light. 
We're to influence our society and culture for good. We're to influence our society and culture in ways that honor and glorify Jesus Christ. We're to impact our society and culture in ways, again, that, that look out for people that can't look out for themselves. That's an obligation we have. So as believers in Jesus Christ, you know, they're, 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 they're sort of a line we, we have to be careful. And that's why I say this. I am thankful again. I have my preferences politically. I have my preferences here and my preferences there. But all of us are fallen human individuals. All of us are in need of a Savior. There's only one perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. And we look to Him, but we respect and we honor those in authority that God has placed over us. And for those of you that are public servants uh, here today, I hope and pray that you see that and hear that message coming through loud and clear. God establishes people in position. Now, there could be a side sermon on what about all those bad people that get in these positions. Why does God allow that to happen and take place? Because we know that's happened many times throughout human history. And I don't have all the answers for that. I can, I can give uh, some, some beliefs that I have, which I believe are consistent with Scripture. There are times, quite frankly, when because of the sinful state of a nation or a people, that God allows someone to come in authority, quite frankly, that brings judgment. We see examples of that happening. But also, let me say this. God has a plan. God has a purpose for each of us as individuals. God has a plan and a purpose for Pleasant Union. God has a plan and a purpose for the United States of America. We don't know entirely what that means to the full extent. But while He has us on this earth, let's use the freedom that we have to share the gospel with other people. To support those who we might call missionaries. To honor those in our midst again uh, who are in these positions of authority. Because the Scripture is very clear here that we're to honor those who deserve to be honored. Verse 2 says, Therefore whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. In other words, let, let, me, let, me, let me give a modern paraphrase here. You do the crime, you ought to do your time. It's basically, in essence, that's a modern paraphrase of that. That's what it's saying. In other words, judgment is going to come. You resist, you do wrong, there's a price to pay for it. That's, that's what God is saying. Whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Verse 3 says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. Do what's good. Do what's right. As believers in Jesus Christ, when we have the opportunity... We ought, to, we, we ought to help in any way those are involved again in the military, EMS, law enforcement at any level. We, we, we ought to be their friends. They ought to know they can count on us as prayer supporters and again as people who, quote, have their back. Because, because they're in difficult positions many times. Many times in positions that they do not believe that uh, the public at large is thankful for what they do. But let me tell you this, as believers in Jesus Christ, 
we need to let them know that what they do is very, very important. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. That's very clear that uh, such as we have in the United States, and I know it can be improved, every government should have laws, and those laws should be enforced. And let me say this, from a Christian perspective, we want laws that honor and glorify God. We, we want laws, again, that give us stability to live in peace. But the Scripture is very clear that those, again, in authority over us in these particular areas actually become God's ministers. Now, every believer in Jesus Christ, in a sense, is a minister. But for some of you in these positions of authority that are here today, you may never have considered that you're actually one of God's ministers. In other words, God is using you to do His will. God is using you to protect people to minister to people in the broader sense of that terminology. So verse 5 says, Therefore you must be subject not only because of wrath, that means getting in trouble and, and uh, incurring judgment, but also for conscience sake. When I do something wrong, and I trust uh, the same is true for most of you here today, I'm convicted of God for that. In other words, I know I've done wrong. There have been a few few times, uh, I do have a turbo car, that I have been pulled over for speeding. And I could not deny that I was speeding. I had to agree that I was speeding. I had to agree. So therefore be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Paying taxes. I don't like to pay taxes, do you? If anybody likes to pay taxes, they probably need a little bit of counseling, I think, if you just enjoy that. I mean, that, that's something I, I don't enjoy. But God says in, in our authority structure, our government that He has given us, our governments, that there can be taxation. And remember this, the Roman government had lots of things that were used with tax money that did not honor and glorify God. But yet, God is calling us, because of His grace and His sovereignty, to be faithful citizens, to do what's right. Verse 7 concludes this section by saying this, Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, which is another form of taxation or payment, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Scripture indicates that we're to honor our father and mother. That's the first, of course, commandment with promise. We're told here to honor to whom honor. It's been talking in this context about those who do God's ministry through government, through the authority structure He's given. We want to say to those of you that are guests here today, we honor you 
and God honors you. May you honor God with your life as well. May you honor God with your life. Now I would be amiss if I didn't give you a challenge at this point, and this is for everyone here today. The Bible is very clear. We talked about evil in the world. In fact, the Bible states that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It tells us again in Romans chapter 5, but God demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Scripture tells us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's hope because God did send His perfect Son, Jesus. There's hope if we put our faith and trust in Him, willing to turn from our sins and to turn to Him in saving faith. And the Scripture is very clear in Romans, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. You're going to be saved. That's good news. And the Scripture says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you seen a whosoever? You're a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Amen? Whosoever. Whosoever. Let me say this. No matter what brought you here today, in just a moment there's going to be an invitation. I'd be more than happy to pray with anyone that wants to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. If you're a bashful person and you want to talk to me once that meal started or whatever, I'll be glad to talk to you then. Because letting Jesus come into your heart as the Lord and Savior is the most important decision that you'll ever make. There's no decision as important to that. For those of us that know Jesus as Lord and Savior, just like I had a prayer dedication for those in law enforcement, why don't we pray during this time as well and thank God again for those that are here that serve us. You know, I've been dealing with a lot of people in the hospital in the last, uh, particularly the last four weeks, but really as pastoral ministry, it's an ongoing thing. It never seems to stop. But I'm thankful for all of those that come through hospital doors and minister to people. All of those that are in the emergency rooms and minister to people. All of those that are even in the nursing homes and minister to people. We have a lot of people we have to be thankful for. Amen? Who serve faithfully. Please stand for this time of invitation.